0: Well, good morning to you. Thank you all so much for being here with us. If you're a guest, we're so thankful for you to join us for worship. If you're watching online right now, listening to our podcast in a few weeks, whatever the case maybe we're so grateful that you are here with us as well. Listen, if you're excited to be in the house of the Lord, let's celebrate and let's open up God's Word and let's hear what He has to say to us this morning. So would you open your Bibles up with us to Joshua chapter 1? Joshua chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, we do have Bibles in the back that you can use uh, and uh, just jump right in there with us. So if you're there with me in Joshua chapter 1, let me invite you for the standing of uh, reading of God's Word. Uh, For the sake of time, we'll just read verses 10 and 11. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people... Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people. Prepare your f- provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go into the take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Can we pray? So Father, we pause and we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of music, for the gift of worship god for the opportunity to sing your praises as your people Lord, you are our shepherd you lead our path and so father i pray this morning god that you would speak to us and god that your people would listen and obey your commands god grow our faith in you this day holy spirit lead us this morning Open our eyes, behold the wonders of King Jesus. We pray these things in his name. Amen. You can be seated. So last week we began our new series in the book of Joshua. And last week we saw where Joshua was commissioned by God. And he had a pretty daunting task, didn't he? Moses, literally the dude who wrote the book on the religion of the Israelites, has passed away. And the question is, who is now going to lead the people of of God? Answer, Joshua is, because God called him to. This week in verses 10 through 18, we pick right up after this commission, and Joshua is now taking leadership. He's commanding the people of God to their absolute for sure victory that is coming their way in verses 10 and 11 joshua gives commands to the officers of the people to go through the camp and command the people to prepare for their upcoming conquest in certain victory verses 12 through 15 joshua reminds the two and a half tribes of moses's command to them back in numbers 32 and deuteronomy 3 Where their tribes would send their best warriors with their fellow Israelites to help conquer this promised land before returning to their place of rest. You see, Joshua believed that Israel would receive this promised land, that they would be victorious. He believed God at his word, and it was now Joshua's responsibility to help motivate and lead his people into action. But more than that, to motivate and lead his people into believing God as he did. Throughout this passage this morning, we're going to see Joshua's faith coming to the forefront of his leadership. And it's his faith that's driving his decisions. It's his faith that's driving his commands And it's his faith that is so contagious and appealing to the people of Israel. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. I want us to look at the faith of Joshua as he leads God's people. And I specifically want us to look at some essential qualities of faith that he is demonstrating in his leadership. And at the end, I just want to briefly consider Israel's faith-filled response to Joshua's leadership. So this leads me to our main idea that faith triumphs as God's leaders lead and people follow by faith. So let's break this down in two main points. First, God's leaders lead by faith. So in 10 through 18, let's look at four essential qualities of faith that Joshua displays, but I want to apply them to all godly Leaders. So the first essential quality is that godly leaders rest in the presence of God. Godly leaders rest in the presence of God. Go back with me to verse 9. God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For why? The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Last week, God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. And this week, we see him being just that. Joshua in his leadership is built on confidence. He's bold. Joshua seems unshakable. The question is, why? Why is he unshakable? Here's the answer. Because the God of heaven is with him. Back in verse five, God says to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Joshua is resting here in the presence of his God. And this is what he knows. Nothing can stand in his way. Nothing can stand in His way because God is by His side. And brothers and sisters, this morning, if you are in Christ, that promise is the exact same promise that Jesus gave to us in Matthew twenty-eight twenty. He's going to be with us to the very end of the age. Oh, and if church, if we would just believe that truth. If we would believe that our Savior, the one who holds the stars in His hands... He knows every number of grain of sand. He saved you. He sealed you. That God is with you. And if you believe that this morning, church, oh, there would be nothing that would stop us from doing mighty things in the name of Jesus in this world. We would change the world if we simply believe that God was with us every second, every moment. He is not going to forsake us. This morning, do you believe Psalm 1611? In God's presence, there's fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you believe that today? Are you resting in God's presence? Joshua believed it. Joshua was resting in God's presence, and it impacted his leadership. His confidence in God's presence impacted the way he approached the mission of God and it impacted the way he addressed the people of God. Godly leaders rest in God's presence because they realize that without God's presence, they can't do anything. They're helpless. And godly leaders will not move if God's presence isn't going to go be with them I hope at church if God's presence is going to be with them there's nothing that's going to stop them from moving forward back in Exodus 33 God gave a command to Moses to lead God's people into the promised land and down at 14 God says my presence will go with you and I will give you rest and listen to what Moses said He said, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I in your people, is it not in your going with us that we are distinct? I in your people from every other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken I will do. For you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Listen to what Moses says. Please show me your glory. Show me your glory. God's presence is what distinguishes us from the rest of the world. It's the place where the fearful are made courageous, it's where the weak are made strong, and it's the hiding place for God's people, and it's the place where we rest. Church, today, if the very presence of God is with you, you cannot fail. You will be victorious. And this is what Joshua believed. Godly leaders rest in the presence of God. Number two, godly leaders trust in the promises of God. They trust in the promises of God. Go back to verse six with me. God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Underline this, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. That's a promise that God gives Joshua. He was the man that was going to lead the people to victory. What we see is that Joshua's leadership is that he believed God at his word, and he trusted that he would do exactly what he said he would do. Notice with me down in verses 11 through 15, the certainty Joshua has as he's given these commands. Go down to verse 11. He says, prepare your provisions for within three days, you're gonna pass over the Jordan to take possession of that land. Down in 13, he says, the Lord your God is providing you rest. He will give you this land. Down in 15, Go until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you, and take also possession of that land. Joshua was certain that these things were going to happen. He trusted not only in the promises of God, but he trusted the God of the promises. Tom Eakley said at best the promises of God are trustworthy because they're founded upon the character and power of God Almighty. You see, godly leaders trust in God's promises because they know that the God who gave the promises is faithful and trustworthy. Psalm 145.13 says, The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his words. Works John, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 19 through 20. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. I mentioned this back when I preached through Jonah. God is not like us amen that's really good news because we're constantly changing we're constantly happy and we're constantly mad we give promises we give all these things we're going to say but we never follow through with them we do the total opposite listen god's not like that he's always the same jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever Jesus' throne is built on the righteousness and justice. He's our God. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He owns everything. He spoke and things were created and he speaks and everything is sustained. And when he makes promises, listen, he keeps them. You don't have to look any further than look to Jesus Christ, our Lord, because God kept his promise at the fullness of time when he sent his son to come, to live a perfect life, to die a place of death in our place for our sin, to forgive us of our sin. He rose from the grave to give us life. Listen, God keeps his promises, and we can trust him. Joshua, as he leads God's people, knew that victory was on its way and that the people of Israel would succeed in their conquest because God said so. There's a principle we can't miss here. Godly leaders constantly meditate on God's word. You can't trust God's promises if you don't know them. You can't trust God's character if you don't spend time with him. Listen, godly leaders hang on every word of God. They depend on the promises of God. And godly leaders trust in God's promises, and they're led by God's promises, and they're shaped by God's promises, and they're motivated by God's promises. That leads us right into this next essential quality, that godly leaders are driven by the word of God. They're driven by the word of God. In this passage, Joshua trusts in God's promises, He was commanded by God to continually meditate on his word. And what we see is that Joshua's meditation on God's word leads Joshua to be passionate about living out God's word. God's word here is the fuel for Joshua's obedience. You see, godly leaders are doers of the word, they just don't sit and read. Their sitting and reading leads to obedient action. The word directs every aspect of their lives. It directs how they lead God's people. It directs how they make decisions. It directs how they lead their families. It directs how they spend their money. It directs how they interact with this world. And most certainly, God's word directs the purpose of their lives and the interaction and involvement in God's mission. Godly leaders can't help but to listen and live out what they are seeing in God's word. Listen to the heart of Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Not only does God's word drive godly leaders, but it's also the very motivation that godly leaders use to help motivate others towards God's mission as well. Again, down in verses 12 through 15, Joshua reminds the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh of the command Moses gave them back in Numbers 32 and Deuteronomy 3. There Moses says they could live in the current land they were residing as long as when the time came, they sent their best warriors with their fellow Israelites to go fight with them until God's people conquered the promised land that God had promised for them to rest in. Moses said if they did that, then they could return to their land east of the Jordan. Joshua here is calling them to remember this word, not just for accountability, but also for motivation for the tribes to join in on this conquest of victory. Notice the end result of this obedience down in verse 15. All of God's people would possess the land of rest that had been given to them. I don't know about you, but that's motivation. If you know you're going to win, why would you not go? God's word here is driving Joshua towards mission. And he points God's people to God's word to build up their faith so that it would drive them towards mission as well. So godly leaders first rest in the presence of God. And as they rest in God's presence, they trust in God's promises. And as they trust in God's promises, they're driven by God's word, which directs them to be obedient to God's word. This leads us to our fourth essential quality of faith, that godly leaders are obedient to the commission of God. They're obedient to the commission of God. Back in verse 2, God commands Joshua to arise And lead his people over the Jordan River to go and conquer the land God was giving them. In our passage this morning, we see that because of Joshua's devotion and trust in the Lord, this was exactly what he was intending on doing. He was preparing the people to obey the Lord and go and fulfill the commission. Fulfilling God's commission was Joshua's primary goal. And listen, this should be the primary goal of every godly leader. As I mentioned a few moments ago, our faith must be more than words. James says this, I will show you my faith by my works. It's not enough to just come here on Sunday morning and just do our normal routine and say that we're just being obedient to God's commission today. The question is, are you living for him every single day? Does God's commission dictate how your week looks? Does his commission dictate how faithful you are to the positions that you are involved here in this church? How about the activities that you and your family are a part of? Does God's commission ever influence you to consider plugging into various events and ministries here in this church or in this city to be intentional with the reaching of Kings Mountain for the sake of the gospel? Listen, when we hear and see God's commission in front of us, we should not run away. We shouldn't make excuses for why we can't go and follow him. No, when God places those burdens on our hearts, we should delight in the privilege and honor of listening to our king in sharing him and showing him wherever and however he leads us. Psalm 119, down again at verse 57, it says, The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. Listen to the text. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Brothers and sisters, this morning, what is God commanding you to do? Second question is, are you listening to him? Are you being obedient to him today? Joshua here, as he leads the people of Israel, was fueled by the commission God placed in front of him. And this led him to point others to God's commission so that they would be obedient as well. How about you? Are you helping others to be obedient to God's commission in their lives? Godly leadership, based on the leadership that we see here from Joshua, is not only obedient to God's commission, but they're ambassadors for his calls and help others see and join in his commission as well. So overall here, godly leaders, as they walk by faith, they lead by faith. And this always leads to their obedience to the commission of the Lord. This leads us to our second main point. God's people follow by faith. Go down with them to verse 16. And they answer Joshua, All that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever that command is, shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So from this passage, I believe there's at least two applications that we can take from the people's response. First, God's people respond to faith-filled leadership with faith-filled obedience. When God's people see faithful leaders walking and living by faith, they rightly follow their lead. You can say it this way, godly people aim to imitate godly leaders' lives. Hebrews 13:7 says this, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of the way of life and imitate their faith. So as faithful leaders represent and point to the Lord Jesus with their lives, it is right for others to follow their pattern of life because by doing so, they're actually following the pattern of life that Jesus our Lord has given us to follow. Down in 16 through 18, I believe there are a multitude of reasons as to why Israel obeys Joshua, but I believe one of the primary reasons is because his faith in the Lord in his leadership was so contagious. The people are drawn to it. They, they had a desire to replicate Joshua's faith in their own lives. And watch what happens. Ultimately, what was Joshua's commission from the Lord in verses 1 through 9 eventually becomes a people's commission because they accepted it as their own. If you're like me, I've had the privilege a lot of times to go out to the community and maybe evangelize or just go help care for the needy in the community with people who are really, really good at it. And I'm always super jealous because I don't really have a gift of just like going up to somebody and talking. I get kind of nervous about that. But these people are just incredible. Man, they're just sharing Jesus left and right. They're knocking on doors. They're opening their car door. They're praying for people right in the middle of the street. But you know what happens about 30 minutes into that? As I see them doing that and their passion and how good they are, it gets me confident. It makes me want to replicate what I'm seeing in their life. Are you with me? They're sharing Jesus so openly and so joyfully. I want to do the same thing. I want to try my very best to do the same thing. This is what we're seeing here in this people of Israel. The people saw Joshua living out God's commission, and they rightly follow his lead and make it their own. Second application from the people's response is that God's people who recognize the lordship of their God And submit their lives to him. So again as Joshua leads by faith. The people hear the promises of God. They hear all that God is going to do. And they themselves notice. Believe God in his word. They're not just believing Joshua. They're believing God at his word. You see it all boils down. When you think about the response. It really boils down. To the Lordship of Christ issue. If they don't follow Joshua's leadership here, they are disobeying God's direct orders. And and they are disobeying the man God has placed as his chosen leader for the people. For Israel to not obey Joshua's leadership would mean that they are disobeying God. But what we see here is so encouraging is that the people recognize that Joshua was the man God chose. They recognize that God's presence was with him. They recognize God's promises. And listen, they recognize the lordship of Yahweh through the leadership of Joshua, and they submit to God's commands. In this passage this morning, Joshua and the people of Israel both recognize the lordship of their God and They both lead and follow by faith. So what? Got two application questions for us. First, are you displaying the same essential qualities of faith that Joshua displayed as you serve and lead? And are you obediently? following our king in the areas of life and ministry he has placed you in. So every week, uh, Pastor Stephen normally meets two other pastors to just talk about their sermons and just share thoughts and just be encouraged by one another. And since I was preaching this week, I met with the two guys and um, I was just so thankful. A lot of the talk that we had was part of, uh, part of this message today. But as we were just talking, we were sharing our Convictions of our heart as we were studying the text and just sharing our burdens, and, and I just want to share you. I want to share with you what I share with him. As I look around and I think about the church as a whole, it burdens me because it seems that so many believers just do not care. It's almost like they don't see the mission. It's like they don't understand the importance of living life together in community and hospitality and all those great things. It's almost like they're too busy to serve Jesus. I know they know the truth. I know they see the needs. I know they feel burdens in their hearts from the Lord, but nothing. Ever changes they just keep doing the same thing which in most cases is not that much brothers and sisters i've prayed this week for you and for me because as i've studied this passage it is just absolutely convicting my heart because as we've looked at joshua's leadership today we haven't just applied some essential qualities to our life and we're done We've honestly looked at the reason for why Joshua does what he does. It's the purpose for his life. It's what drives him every day. You see, Joshua, for Joshua, it was his faith that was driving him to lead as he was leading. It was his faith that drove him to mission. On the other side, we think about the people's response It's the faith of the people of Israel that is driving them to follow Joshua's leadership and to further prepare to move in action. And listen, this is something massive that we all have to contemplate this morning. Because all of us have to ask these questions. Is my faith in God's promises driving my decisions and actions? Am I a person of the Bible? Am I being obedient to God's commission in my life? It's God's presence, the rest, and the motivation for my rest and work for him. Church, it's not enough to just come once a week for one and a half hours and sing a few songs and hear a message and go home. It's not enough to just go to a growth group half the time and talk about the Bible for a little bit and just go home and do nothing. Nothing. If these means of worship aren't producing in you an obedience to the mission of God in deepening your worship and joy in Him in your everyday life, then you're completely missing the point. The big question for us to consider is, is our devotion and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ producing in us an obedient heart to do whatever He is commanding for us to do? And is it directing us to follow him every single day wherever he leads us? If it's not, if it's not, we must pause this morning and we must evaluate our relationships with him. As I mentioned a few moments ago, our response of obedience is ultimately A lordship issue. Lordship issue. This morning, do you recognize the lordship of Jesus Christ? And do you willfully submit and follow him wherever he leads you? Luke 9.23, my favorite verse in the entire Bible. Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Listen to what he says. For whoever would save his life and will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And loses or forfeits himself. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. After Jesus goes to a sinner's cross to die for our sins to forgive us of our sins. He rises from the grave three days later, and the Bible says 40 days later he ascends to heaven where he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and he is now King and Lord of every single thing in this universe. And this is what King Jesus says today. If you want to follow him, you've got to die to your old self. You've got to take up your cross every single day, and you must follow him, whatever the cost, whatever it looks like, no matter how difficult, no matter how challenging, no matter how joyful it is. We follow him no matter the cost. My question for you is, do you recognize him today as king and lord of your life? Do you? Let me ask this. What has the king commanded you to do? What's the king commanded you to do? The truth of the matter is that every single one of us, if you are in Christ, feel tugs in your heart every single day to be obedient to something. There might be some kind of crazy idea just to go and start this new ministry. It might be to go evangelize to a tribe in Africa. It might be to adopt four kids tomorrow morning. It might be to begin getting plugged into the needed positions here in this church. It might be to begin plugging in, being more faithful to ministry opportunities here in Kings Mountain that we're a part of at the church, such as Hint Beach Blast on Saturday, I hope that you sign up for. As I mentioned, some of you might be commanded to go to the nations. Some of you might be commanded to become a small group leader, kids and student, students leader, worship leader. You name it. Jesus can command you to do anything. There's no limits to his commands. And listen, as we begin to have these crazy ideas in our minds, crazy, as we begin to have these hearts pounding just with these convictions to do these things, the truth is, is that so often we seem to have excuses as to why we can't or won't do those things the Lord is commanding us to do. Listen, this is what our King, our Lord, requires of all His children this morning. To simply recognize Him as Lord and obey Him. We all in this room have the same unified commission. To go make disciples, go evangelize, go baptize in the name of Jesus. However, each of us have specific callings that God has placed On our hearts to do how we fulfill this commission and how we obey it looks different for each of us your primary way of fulfilling it could be through the means of the arts music and painting and drawing it could be through preaching or teaching it could be through the means of mathematics engineering using computers just being a parent working in kids students Working in growth groups and leading and host homes and listen—all those things are absolutely essential and pivotal to the work of Jesus Christ in His kingdom. And here's the beautiful part: all of us, as we use the gifts God has given us and commands He's placed on us, we begin to obey and live out these things. All of us are working together to fulfill the commission individually and collectively. Here's the question this morning. Are you in or are you out? Simple as that. Will you say yes? Will you say no? Will you follow our Lord, by faith. In the great hymn, Wherever You Lead I Go, B.B. McKinney says, take up that cross and follow me. I heard my master say, I gave my life to ransom thee. Surrender your all today. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever he leads, i I'll go. My heart, my life, my all I bring to Christ who loves me so. He is my master, Lord, and King. Wherever he leads, I'll go. So church, wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Let's pray. So, Father, now, I pray you would do as you've promised, that your word will not return void, that it will burden our hearts, that we would see your lordship, that we would see you as our king, as our God, and, Lord, that we would listen to you. May your people abide by faith. Father, I pray for the souls in the room who have never... Tasted and seen that you are good. Who's never seen Christ crucified and raised? Who's never seen and considered Jesus Christ as King and Lord? Well today would you say them? Would you change their lives from the inside out? Would you lead to repentance and faith? No, and oh God, as your people, Lord, help us to walk by faith wherever you lead, wherever you go. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.